the bottom line. On News Radio 610, KONA, from the Tri Cities to Olympia to DC, we break down, break it all down the stories of the day and the people making the news. And that's the bottom line. Time to get the bottom line. Presented by Summit Funding in Kennewick and Prosser with your hosts, Rob Francis and Ed Dawson. Welcome back to the bottom line. News Radio 610 K hour number two on this Monday afternoon. Robin Ed hanging with you. Again, hope everyone had a safe and enjoyable Independence Day weekend. Joining us in studios, the current Franklin County Auditor and a candidate for Franklin County Commissioner, District 1, Matt Beaton. Good afternoon to you, sir. Thank you for joining us. Thank you, gentlemen, for having me. I appreciate it. Absolutely. So, uh, it's been an interesting few months, obviously, and as somebody who currently works within uh, government in the community, you have certainly seen quite a bit of what has gone on as a result of... um, this pandemic that has apparently started late in the Tri-Cities as compared to other areas of the state. But as we've seen over the last couple of weeks, we seem to have a little bit of an increase, um, particularly on the west side. number of factors can be attributed to it. Um, but a lot of what's been discussed locally, statewide, even nationally, has been how as a whole we have approached this what metrics have been used to get us where we are um, and where it is that we may be going. Um, You know, we know that the governor has, I don't want to say necessarily put the clamps down, but he has taken it up another step with tomorrow, um, a no mask, no service order going into place, believing that this is going to be... um, the easiest way to try and prevent the spread without a vaccine or any other type of um, treatment available. So what you have seen over the over the five months of this and uh, the impact that it's had particularly on your county, um, what what have you been able to discern from beginning until now? Uh, so what I've seen from the very beginning on February 29th is that, you know, the vast majority and many still out there, you know, recognize that initially when this COVID hit and it hit the way it did worldwide, we had an emergency on our hands. And I believe I've met with a lot of people, you know, the restaurant owners, uh, salons, everyone that's out there, car wash owner, everybody that's out there was initially, um, this this the shock of this and the way it was moving and the information that we had available they responded the way americans always respond um all in and and everything went quiet for i don't know what was it a good month or so and i think since that time we've gotten out to the four month mark and i think written on the hearts and especially the minds of most americans out there especially as we've seen you know, over this 4th of July weekend, even the fireworks you were just talking about, or you could talk about the Freedom Rodeo that was held in North County, that uh, everyone realizes uh, that the uh, the leadership from the top, at least from the governor's level, and then the frustration is manifesting at the local level, is illegitimate. And I think that's pretty easy to uh, to demonstrate. 
And that is to say, as I said, said to people before, that everyone knows what an emergency is. It's very easy to build on. Dictionary definitions, a sudden, urgent, usually unexpected occurrence or occasion requiring immediate action. Well, we all know what that means. We all know that whether it's at a, when there an emergency occurs, uh, first responders stay on the emergency until the emergency status is done. So as I looked into this, and I am as frustrated as anybody, I have a staff and that I'm leading at the, at the county. The county opened and closed. You know, there's all these, everyone's, there's these reverberations of people trying to figure out what to do. The public is suing. Counties are trying to do what they need to have done and, and uh, to get back open and serve their, the, the citizens. And it's very clear that um, I think as the governor and the local officials, and I'm again, I'm running for a local commissioner, and I would say I believe the incumbent in my race and, in fact, all, all the members of the board, um, you know, save the one that everybody wants to vilify, which is Commissioner Didier, um, there's no one really pushing back against the status quo and the bureaucracy. And, you know, we have a health challenge. Again, in the dictionary, number three, under medical, it's the exposure of immune system to a pathogen or antigens. Look at, I'm using this stuff to basically say to everyone listening to me, your intuition is right. We do have a, uh, a problem here. And the question is, you know, what do we do as a county? And, you know, what do we do as individuals? How do we do anything? Fortunately, of course, all of you know, I'm, I'm running for commissioner in District 1. I am the uh, auditor, and the ballots will be going out. I'll plug that right now. You should be getting your ballots in 11 days. But more importantly, how should we have addressed this, and what do we do? And it's very clear um, that the leadership is broken, and incumbents have a tendency when they've been in the process a long time to default to the system as opposed to think outside the box. And so... Um, you know, I would say that, uh, you know, again, it's interesting as we watch these things reverberate across the country. Um, this is a real health challenge. I mean, there is no doubt about it. I think it's written on the hearts of the overworked and uh, and and confused uh, people that are not only in our county, but all over the place trying to figure out what do I do and and where do I go? And gentlemen, I come back to one thing. I mean, you're, the representation you have that's closest to you are your county commissioners, and the six of them have direct control over the health board. And uh, I would say, um, I, you know, again, I think I told you, Philly, last week, uh, I came up with what was called the Durkin rule. We all watched that mess over there in Chaz or whatever the heck, the six blocks on Capitol Hill. And it was the summer of love and all these different issues until all of a sudden uh, they all showed up at the at the mayor's house and then they swept in there and cleaned it up. And the Durkin rule is literally that politicians should have to live as uh, completely as possible under the conditions created by their own policies. And if we're under an emergency, um, quite frankly, if I was in there, I would insist that that health board sequester itself in one of these empty hotels over here and stay in there until they can come up with, you know, a plan uh, to get through this. And then that plan should, would obviously be, you know, public health based. Um, and you would, in fact, as I've said, there is an entire uh, public health ethics framework that could very easily, if any one of these uh, people would overlay this and meet more often with these public health officials, um, you know, we would be able to go through that. And I think... Uh, 
I think that's what's missing here is the leadership to make ourselves, you know, at these commissioner positions as close to the public as possible. We're talking with Franklin County Auditor and candidate for Franklin County Commissioner District 1, Matt Beaton. Um, you know, we've tuned into a number of those board meetings, and I've spoken with a number of people who've been involved in a lot of those calls uh, at the state level on down. And one of the senses of frustration that I've gotten from that leadership is data points. And there's there's so much data that the health department and the health district is getting that is being relayed. And I know that there have been a lot of people in the community that have had some questions about the data, that have had questions about um, the testing, which is only recently ramped up around here, uh, about reporting statistics and so on and so forth. That's directly within the hands of the district. And then that information gets relayed to the board. And so the board can only make the decisions they can make based on the data that they get and the data that's presented to them. And I've heard on multiple occasions where that data has been challenged by the board and the data has been challenged by those um, other state and local leaders that take part in those meetings. So I guess what I would ask is if you, if there's only so much you can do when it comes to getting the data, then to me, the focus would fall more into the district and trying to get more accountability from the district with the data so that you can make better decisions with better data. Is that a fair assessment? Uh, Sure. I I think that when you, I guess what occurs to me is, is when I run into a problem, if everything I'm doing is not enough, then I better figure out what I'm not doing, or I better try to get some context. And I think that's what led me uh, to do some research on the uh, public health ethics. And Gosh, you guys, I mean, I'm over 50, so I can tell you we've seen, you know, uh, in fact, West Nile, we've seen all kinds of viruses, SARS, MERS. We, this is not the last virus that is going to cha- challenge us in a public health um, situation. So to illegitimately re- um, have an emergency and then, um, you know, hold it that way, I think it's incumbent on the local health board to go through what's not being done at the upper level, push it up, and then when it is not um, properly followed, then we have the legitimacy of, of the electorate, of the people that follow us, to begin to say, we can't follow your illegitimacy anymore because we are holding in our hands the, uh, you know, again, let me, in public health ethics, and this is like a 10-year-old article, it talks about a framework with the development of six notable steps for public health ethics. And it says, when, when, um, when considering a quarantine, you identify the program goals, you evaluate efficacy, identify burdens imposed by the program, identify strategies for minimizing said burdens, and then ensure the program is imp- implemented fairly. Well, we can go back to the, vo- the one no vote where, uh, you know, s- some people are still essential and all the way open, and some people can have, you know, uh, what is it, 15% in 30 minutes. Look, that is not what government is for, is disparate impact. If it's an emergency, it's an emergency. If it's not, it's not. I don't think you're going to get much disagreement with that. (laughs) Um, But the way our government is structured, there is only so much that you can do when... I mean, in a way, our, our, our government acts in a, as, as kind of an offshoot of Reaganomics. It's a trickle-down theory. 
where the guy that sits in Olympia has the ability, based on the powers that he's been given, to make these wide-swathing mandates and that the governments at the local level still have to uphold what comes down at the state level as long as it does not violate anything that is out of the control or the purview of that official. So it puts the local governments in an interesting position um, as to what can we do to try and do what's in the best interest of our communities while at the same time not violating. And we did see that already one time where we saw the governor rankle a touch at, at the Franklin County Commission um, within, within, with an order already or, or a proclamation that was done at the local level um, where it was rebuked. So we can try, but we have so much we have so much authority that we have to work with and work under. We'll talk a little, a little bit more about that when we come back. It's the bottom line, News Radio 610 KONA, 547-1610, our number, that on hold right now, as we have in studio with us Franklin County Auditor and candidate for Benton County Commissioner District 1, Matt Beaton. You can shoot us an email, however, if you choose. 610K1A.com, the bottom line page. Now back to the bottom line on News Radio 610 KONA. Presented by Summit Funding in Kennewick and Prosser. It's your voice, your show. Call the LegendsCasino.com hotline, 509 547 1610. Back in the bottom line, News Radio 610 KONA. Robin Ed hanging with you, joining us in studio, current Franklin County Auditor and candidate for. Franklin County Commission District 1, Matt Beaton. And Matt, as we went to the break, um, we were talking about our our layer of government. And while, you know, our local officials have the duty and responsibility to do the best interests in our community, um, every elected official takes an oath. And in some cases, the, the oath is, is a little bit more than just... Um, you know, you have an oath to the U.S. Constitution, an oath to the Washington State Constitution. You know, you you have multiple things that you are swearing to uphold. And so when we get to a situation where we have this level of disagreement with what the governor is doing and what the governor has done, uh, there are multiple challenges that are still sitting and waiting to be heard based on the government's authority and what he has. How much leeway, as someone who has been in government for a, almost a decade now, how much leeway? Does a local government have when you have to not just deal with what you're trying to uphold based on the U.S. Constitution, but also what your oath is to upholding and following what the laws and the regulations of the state are? Sure. I would imagine it's quite the quandary. Well, I'll tell you what I'll tell you what it comes down to is I took the same oath that uh, that all the elected officials take to the to the U.S. Constitution, the state of Con- the state constitution. But one of the things I think that, that leadership is lacking and the leadership that needs to be brought up is, is the consent of the governed. And I believe how, and I've asked this question rhetorically, if there is an illegitimate power grab, where in the process should it be detected and who should push back? Well, it's if not me, then who? And so, and that's why I go into that if I, if I were a, had a commission seat and a microphone, which I have right now, thank you, is that uh, justifiable resistance. You still have to work through an orderly system. It's one of the reasons all of this disorder is breaking down the orderly process by which we can disagree and arrive to uh, some kind of a conclusion. That being said, you know, there's no police officer nor, um, nor an uh, elected official 
that has to follow something that is not, um, you know, does not follow those those laws. But you also reach a point where, again, when it's written on the hearts of people, look at there is nobody out there that believes this is an emergency. Again, if there is an emergency, can you imagine if the fire or the cops drove around all the time with their lights and siren on? Would anybody ever get out of the way? I mean, you would be like, that's just the way it is. When you have a perpetual emergency, you don't have an emergency at all. And, and then when you try to lead on that, that's why this leadership is so illegitimate. And I'm so disappointed, uh, you know, with what's going on with this health board that they should meet. I mean, literally twice a week, three times a week. There is people whose livelihoods are being destroyed and businesses that will never open. And the only people they have are, are meeting on occasion and doing these. Uh, the reason I said sequester is after 14 days, they can take their masks off. You could send some people in there and have your own little uh, people that should be committed to this community and the millions of dollars that are gone. So I would say who is going to have the righteous indignation, you know, to justifiably. And that's the process. That's why I read about these health ethics is to tell you there is a system where I can stand up and say, hey, you know, there, this doesn't seem right. You're, you know, you're, the definition of the word, I mean, we, anybody old enough to remember Bill Clinton, a lot of things, you know, meaning for the word is, is. I mean, there, the point is, is that there needs to be some of this indignation, and it seems in these incumbents, it's not there. I think a lot of us have the indignation. A lot of us are not happy. A lot of us are not not overjoyed with with the mandates that have come down but say we go back to to what you proposed at the beginning of this you sequester for 14 days just an idea an idea understood but you you take that you go for the 14 you come up with a plan that plan has to go up river and while and in, so you, you, does it? Well, yeah, they they have to everything that we have, and unless something's changed, in order for us to be able to do anything, we need sign off from Weisman. We need sign off from the governor. So, so my number one responsibility again in that oath is the Constitution of the of the United States, the the uh, and the state of Washington. Mm-hmm. And you know, as I've said repeatedly, it is. No one cares more about our neighbors than we do. And so if we prioritize, there is at what point does following an illegitimate command law anything if we don't push back? I mean, think of all the things that have been unjustifiable in the history of laws and how they got changed and where the resistance comes from, I guess. And I understand what you're saying. There is, again... This is this is dicey. I mean, we have not been, we have not been in this circumstance in a long time, but we are four months into a perpetual emergency, which we've already determined. I guarantee you the people that can hear my voice know exactly what I'm talking about. And the worst part for us as we get ready to take a quick break is that we are peaking at the wrong time. We were put into a stay at home mode when we had very little showing in this community we had no very very little hospitalizations very little case count and then things open up and all of a sudden we peak at the wrong time for whatever variables came into play that brought it into our community and we've seen it move around fortunately for us even though there were a significant amount of cases over the over the weekend only two fatalities the entire weekend both in benton county But our mortality rates are staying low. Our hospitalization rate is low. Back with more of the bottom line after this.
Hook up with the bottom line on Twitter at bottom line 610. Now back to the show presented by Summit Funding in Kennewick and Prosser. News Radio 610 KONA. And I'll tell you what, stop by CBD American Shaman across from the Grain Elevator in Kennewick on Clearwater. Uh, they've got a brand new product called CB Go. It's all natural. And I will say this uh, it has replaced my morning coffee. And it, I'm actually better for it in all reality. Because one thing when you have too many cups of coffee, as I would do over the course of a day, you have that crash in the midday where you just kind of get a little tired. Or if you do too many energy drinks, uh, I've known a few people that have got a case of the jitters. With an all-natural product like this, it doesn't have that crash. It doesn't have the sugars. It doesn't have the caffeine. It is all-natural CBG oil. Give it a shot for yourself at CBD American Shaman across from the Grain Elevator in Clearwater. I've been using it since it hit the market, and, yeah, it's replaced my morning cup of coffee. A little bit of orange juice, it's fantastic. Stop by today. Ask the questions for yourself about CB Go, the newest product from CBD American Shaman. Joined in studio by Kern Franklin County Auditor and candidate for uh, Franklin County Commissioner District 1, Matt Beaton. Um, and so, Matt, we've been talking a lot about the PATH. Uh, we've been talking a lot about uh, what what it is we can do. And I think that uh, part of our problem came from information we were getting for two and a half months that was wrong. And I think we were trying to base all over the country responses based on information that wasn't accurate. And then information that continued to change. And even to this day, some of that information is continuing to change. And we're trying, we're playing catch up, and yet we're still trying to make decisions and put plans in place for the best interest of our community, our business owners, our residents, you know, our, our elderly, our kids, every we're trying to trying to satisfy, we're trying to do something that's almost impossible to do, and that's satisfy everybody. And try and put something in place that's going to address all the issues and all the problems. And as this thing continues to evolve and and we continue to try and come up with ways to deal with it, I'll put you in I'll put you in the seat. I'll put you in the chair. Where do you begin to pull the information taking everything into account that you're going to have to take into consideration where do you begin formulating that plan what is it that you're pulling from and what is the approach that you are going to take to those that are going to be able to say all right mr beaton we like your plan we think it's got validity move forward with it where do you begin in convincing those that need to be convinced to get to where you want to go and where we've talked about in the first half hour? Well, so, Rob, I'm going to do what people in my position frequently do. <laughs> What's that? <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm going to tell you a story. My, I was fishing with my dad one time, and I asked him for that advice where people always say, uh, dad, my dad always told me, and he thought about it for a long time. Rob, and he said, son, never play another man's game. 
And I want to tell you right now, I think the leadership that we are missing and the leadership that we need is one that can identify that what we have right now in trying to address this health challenge is competing interests, the good of the whole versus the good of the individual. The problem is to reach the good of the whole, we have to get the individual on board and to recognize that. And if, you know, unfortunately, that's not happening right now. And so even though we could sit around for hours and read these newspaper articles that are unending in in our local newspaper, and and it's a legitimate health challenge, but what we're missing is the leadership to identify those two competing interests. Again, like I said on the fireworks to you guys earlier, it should have been recognized that this was going to go on. We had held people down for four months. They should have had some kind of a framework because this virus, you know, it was originally flattened the curve, and now we're counting... um, now we're counting illnesses instead of deaths. Again, in this uh, public health ethics, they lay this out very clearly that it is mortality, that, they, that when you have and you begin to restrict people and affect their psychological health, we have 14 counties with uh, zero deaths, and we have 10 counties with less than three deaths in, in four months. That is 24 counties. Now, I want to point something else out, that at the time of our state's founding, we had 34 counties that already existed. And many of them had public health uh, departments. The, the public health has long been recognized by the citizens that are trying to pull together and get somewhere as an important thing that, that, that moves that, that government can do. The problem, again, that we have is if we keep looping back into the minutia of this, again, we're going to get distracted by numbers, cloth types. Is it covering their nose? And, and what happens is when you have that type of leadership, you have to do what the governor's doing and what, unfortunately, in an attempt, and I get it, there's so many good people, and I know all of them, I know a lot of them, and I just happen to disagree with them on the fact that we, we shouldn't push back on this in some manner. And I think that there are a lot of people that agree with the pushing back. It's, it's how do we do it in a manner when we know what are, we we know that our governor's predisposed to certain types of reactions when he gets challenged, we've seen it. Um, so it's coming up with a way to do that, because again, here's what we know: we know, and you mentioned very well about the individual and getting the individual to buy in for the benefit of the whole. We know that our governor likes to cut a large swath mm-hmm. when he cuts swaths. And so he doesn't necessarily penalize the individual, he penalizes the whole. Mm-hmm. And I think that we, there are a lot of people here that feel and have felt for some time that he is particularly targeting our areas, um, that he is penalizing the whole, mm-hmm. whether or not it's because of his feelings based on an individual or on a number of individuals, what he would characterize as the whole in Mm -hmm. Benton Franklin counties and and other portions of eastern Washington. Um, For the data and metrics that he is applying, he felt like he was well within his ability to do that based on what, what we were showing. Now, we have some ability with this modified phase one that we are in to show the governor that we really don't care about him, we care about our communities. And we have the ability to maybe get this moving forward, but of course we have certain things that we have to, certain benchmarks we have to reach in order to be able to move forward. 
And I think that is 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 the biggest conflict right now for people. Sure. Is and 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 I'll put this oh. question to you. Just your opinion. Do you think it's what's being asked or do you think it's who's asking it? I think it's the failed leadership. I think again there is no emergency, like I said, with the cop cars constantly having their lights on. Who's going to listen to them? All you have to do is look at the four-phased approach. Where's the fifth phase that says we can go back to February 28th? I mean, there is... Folks, if we do everything that we're asked to do, we get to phase four, and it, and yet we're not at... Apparently, we're going to be in emergency forever. I mean, where is phase five? And I, I would say, again, as those businesses out there, and I've talked to a lot of them... Um, they really, the only thing they have, the o- I've thought about this in my mind, and maybe there's another one, and there's people that should talk about this to find out how do we justifiably resist through our own health board. And I think you begin to do it, and you win the hearts and minds of the people who are concerned about their health by doing it in a way that is through the, the mechanisms in public health already. Where is the public health uh, analysis? Or is, or ethics, is, excuse me, ethics analysis. Well, it, it is another fair question here is, with that mistrust that we talked about and, and the fact that there are people that are questioning the the health district and some of the things that have come out over the course of this and different data sets and, you know, different categories and some things being on and some things being off. How do you rebuild that trust? The trust between between the public and the, or those people that 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 have lost the trust sure. in their health district. The, How do you begin to rebuild that trust? Does that trust come from the district, or does it come from the elected individuals that comprise the board? Who who takes the lead in rebuilding so, that? So I think the people out there are thirsting for an opportunity to be represented, and I think as soon as elected officials everywhere start to act in a manner that expresses the hearts and minds, I mean, th- to have vilified the, the, the people in North Franklin County that, that ran that rodeo and the reasons that they ran it, um, I think that we missed a t- an opportunity, you know, again, to, um, to and I get, I, there's competing interests. And again, that is why there's the people in town who just want the pressure to stop. And it's like when you put, you know, put pressure on someone, they just want to, they'll do anything. But in the end, like I said, I mean, there's so much, we just have to have a legitimate alternative and somebody has to build it. And that's why, you know, I don't, you know, again, I've thrown this stuff together in a couple of weeks thinking, well, what if it was me? Well, it should be me because I'm telling you what I would do is, is literally um, press for and go there and stay there and have the health people there. Everybody that's even at the health department, they shouldn't be vilified. Okay. Everyone is trying to do the best they can, but there is, you know, something's not right and the people know it. Well, and, and, you know, I agree with you. I don't think anybody should be, well, I, 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 vilifying is very is very strong word. I agree with you. I don't think anybody should necessarily be vilified, but I do think that everything should be questioned. And I think that what we have gotten from the top down, from the governor, all the way through, and I think we've seen different health departments in different counties handle things differently. Mm-hmm. We've seen numbers that have been, uh, we've seen Walla Walla report different categories on numbers that Spokane has it, that Benton Franklin has it. We've seen different data sets displayed from different health districts. Um, you know, I think it's fair that we that we question everything. I think it's fair that we wonder about how this has gone from the beginning until now. And then ultimately, 
when we get to that point where I think we're getting to right now, that we have the ability, that we have that control, that we can dictate our own fate to some degree, not every degree yet, but to some degree, that this is our opportunity in some ways to show the governor and show those that maybe uh, don't think we have the ability to control our own fate and dictate where we're going to go, that we have that opportunity to do that now. And I guess for me, because I'm tired of all this, I've been tired of all this for... For since March fifth, I've been I tired mean, of all this. We could be tired, but, but it's the I. You know, I got into politics because. Okay. What is the What is the best way, in a way, almost to give the governor the ultimate salute? Is that we did this and you didn't think we could? Back with more after this. Give us your bottom line. Call 509-547-1610. Now back to the show presented by Summit Funding in Kennewick and Prosser. Few minutes here on the bottom line, News Radio 610 KA Monday afternoon. And you know, we have mentioned we're in this modified phase one, and that means we have businesses that are reopening. And I will tell you, if your business has been closed and you've got some concerns about what this reopening may mean, is it going to impact your insurance at all? The best guy to call, Jason Hogue with American Family Insurance, the only American Star Certified Rated agent with American Family Insurance in the Tri-Cities. They do business insurance. They do farm insurance for almost 100 years now. Auto policies, home policies, life policies. Contact Jason Hogue. If your business is reopening, you have any questions about anything that could impact that insurance, particularly with the reopening in this modified phase one, visit his website, jasonhogue.com. Final few minutes with Franklin County Auditor and Candidate. For Franklin County Commission District 1, Matt Beaton, uh, here on the bottom line. And, you know, we've talked a lot about the impact of this um, over the course of the first 45 minutes or so of the program. So I guess we probably go right to the end now and we, we figure out how do we, take, how do we take all these things that we have where we've got the increase, and certainly one of the things, and you've alluded to it with mental health, we've had increases in particular crimes in the area due to a lot of what we dealt with with COVID. We've had an increase in domestic violences, an increase in attempted suicides, an increase in mental health issues. Uh, A lot of people, we have lost businesses that aren't coming back. We are hoping that the businesses that are able to operate, even at limited capacity, are going to be able to pull through all this. You know, we have got, we have got a very, um, we've got a very impatient community right now and a community that that has been waiting for some bright light over the course of the last four months. And so we've got a glimmer. How do and, and we talked about the phase program, but how do we continue to progress towards maybe a finish line that we can't see yet? You know, I think it's a dual approach. I mean, I think we are where we're at right now, and we continue to comply there. But again, uh, I think the leadership, as as I said on the break, um, the only way that the citizens really don't have an opportunity individually to do this. The only way to push back against government is through government. And and again, in order to do so, you know, you can't I feel like my representatives that are in that room on my behalf 
Um, you can't just fall back and say, well, my hands are tied. You know, it is what it is, especially if you if you can look and find ways to work through it and find an alternative and, again, justifiably lay out a plan and hold the people above you responsible and then and then go back and push back through the government. Again, what does that look like? I don't know. We all know that we're in um, you know different times, but it takes a leader to at least bring these ideas up. So with... With that said, if you were to have put yourself in that commission seat, sure. And as this has gone on, what is something that you would have done? Because again, we were talking about a difference in one vote in a three-man commission. What are some of the things that you would have done differently than say has been done in this approach as a commissioner? Sure, it's exactly what I've laid out here. I think the the as it says on here, that our local health board works for the six commission, six commissioners. Those that is where you have to start, and that is where you have. I mean, the fact that they've been meeting uh, like they have. Uh, look at when you have one business closed. I mean, one business closed. Th- they should be meeting once, twice. I don't like. I said, I literally by the fourth month sequester them and put them in there because the you know the public is is sitting on waiting for something to come out and they're get it's getting worse and worse. So what would I have done? I would have tried to find out what's missing. I mean, what's not happening here cuz we something you know it. Everyone that's exhausted knows that something more must be able to be done because again, you know, it, it we are all jumping over the fact that this is not an emergency. So that tells me I've got to start to dig on how to push back against the illegitimate. The fact that we get, you know, you're going to say a person's going to say a law is written that says uh, that he has the right to rewrite the de- I say when an emergency is. Well, guess what? That's where, again, I think you need the. Con- we all as elected officials need the consent of the governor. So. With that said, as a current elected official and someone running for another position we've got about a minute left okay what what would you advocate to the community right now in all of this as to where we need to go how we need to get there what do you think the community should be doing um to try and help keep continuous on the path forward interestingly again it's one of the things that's happened here which i told you was the open public meetings and all this has been suspended you you need to keep pressure on them to do something and and just don't take no for an answer because there is more that can be done. Um, and again, you just have to keep throwing punches until you land something from the local level pushing up. And so that's what I would say. And one of the reasons I was frustrated enough to jump back in this uh, and run for commissioner again was open, transparent government that's accountable is critical. And now when government has got its, you know, its most adverse impact, it, we don't have the access we had that we should normally have. So I'll ask you the last question as we've got less than 60 seconds to go. Right now, tomorrow, no mask, no service. That's the policy that's coming in place for the governor right now. We've had a lot of people discuss that particular issue, whether or not it's something that can help us or not help us. Do you think that that is something that we need to do in the community right now to help us move forward? Do you believe people should follow the order, or do you believe this should be something that people could decide to or not to? 
I think people should do what's in their own best interest. I think, unfortunately, again, that is sideways with HIPAA laws. And nobody knows who has a medical reason to or not to do that. And they don't have to disclose it. People need to wear those masks. They do work if it's right for them. And if it's not right for others, don't wear it. Current Franklin County Auditor, candidate for Franklin County Commissioner District 1, Matt Beaton. Thanks for joining us.